Hello and welcome to Smosa Chats, where every week I, comedian Preet Singh, will host a guest who has challenged South Asian norms, whether that be through pursuing a passion as a career or devoting their work to challenging the status quo and taboos within our communities. So sit back, grab a smosa, and enjoy. Hello. <laughs> so this is this is a strange one. There's no special guest. It's just me and Mona. Yes, you are the guest today. Yeah. Uh, so what we thought initially it was your idea, I think originally, but hmm. I think I kind of latched on and I did think it was a good idea. Um, we get a guest on every week to try and like open up. So this time around, I think we thought it'd only be fair if we kind of opened up mm-hmm. a little bit. And I know you had the episode with your mum. Mm-hmm. So I guess, fuck, it's my turn, isn't it? Your turn to get roasted. <laughs> to get roasted, yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> fucking pussy. <laughs> These certain feelings. But um, we chat we chat quite a bit in like the Smosa Chats group with Jaspal as well about just what's taboo. And one of the things, I guess, is for like South Asian... I think South Asian people, but particularly just dudes in general, is that we don't show emotions. We have, whether it's love, hate... Hate, no, hate's the only acceptable emotion to show if you're South Asian. Yeah. Hate and maybe love for like butter chicken. <laughs> those, are, those are the only two emotions that are safe to show if you're South Asian and a dude. So we thought we'd talk about sort of that. Jesus Christ, no wonder guests are always like, oh, this is fucking awkward, mate. This is, this is awkward. Yeah, um, well, you know, you've gone through some shit recently yeah and yeah we haven't we've talked about it but i guess there's a lot more that we can extend on and it's you know particularly rife in the community that boys don't really open up not even to their friends friends family like i always think that the solution i think any solution in a punjabi family or like a south asian family in general is either food or st- it's either eat or stop eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is those two. Like, it will either be just, ah, oh, it's fine. Let's just have some dinner or, like... Or drink. Drink's a big one, isn't it? Hmm. I, I guess I'm pretty lucky that my family don't really... Like, they're not big drinkers. So it's, like, not that. But it's, like, either food or... I feel like there's a cultural shift as well in the South Asian community. I think our parents and their generation, they had emotions and stuff... But they kind of manifested themselves in like not a particularly healthy way. Yeah. And this is something we're eager to cover on the podcast anyway, which is like addiction. Yeah. Addiction. And we went over domestic abuse and stuff. And I think we mentioned it in a couple of those episodes. Yeah. Sort of like, numbing your feelings was the way to go as opposed to talking about it. Because talking about it was just far too awkward. Yeah. Numb them or, you know, try and drown them out with something else until eventually it explodes and it... I think in some cases it leads to like things like domestic violence or like alcoholism, mm-hmm. drug abuse, things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think I, th- I think it's important to talk, and I think there's a shift in our generation where we kind of acknowledge like, okay, cool, we want to deal with this in in a healthy way mm. and make sure it doesn't impact our lives and all that. But pff, whether it really works like that, because we haven't really been given the tools, I don't think. Mm to deal with that kind of thing so mm. there's like a change now mm-hmm. and like with education around not only mental health just just like um self-care mm-hmm. i think in general i think is important that- but even though that's you know now a big thing in our generation because it wasn't in our parents we still kind of keep them very separate like i know you had issues recently where you really didn't mention to your parents at all yeah right yeah 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 so <laughs> i guess we should stop like uh, i guess i should just bite the bullet and just say what these issues were yep what happened? Um, I think it was a long build-up. I think there, were, there there was a lot of stuff that it's like... And a, a lot of the creatives that we've had on, we've had those conversations about, which is like um, creativity and mental illness or mental health issues or whatever. However you want to frame it. Mm. But I guess like the bottom line was I just stopped knowing how to cope with certain issues. Mm-hmm. Um I think it was with like my day job and like knowing that what I wanted to do was comedy and it is comedy, but it's not like I'm not there yet to just be able mm. to earn a living from it. Mm. And it's, <laughs> and it's weird. Like I always see life as like quite a dichotomy, mm. which is 
I have the side of me that wants all these nice things, that wants to be driving, you know, the nicest car and wants to be eating at the nicest places. Mm -hmm. But then there's the other side of me that's just like, man, I just want to tell jokes. Mm. (laughs) Like, you know, just tell jokes and create, like, create stuff. It's a really hard balance because you're kind of expected as a, a man in his 20s, you know, who switched on to have all these things, yes. to have money in the bank, to be able to go on holiday with the lads and not, you know, and you can only maintain that expectation and that lifestyle by doing the day job. Yeah, exactly that. And it's not that I don't enjoy those things. It's just that I've got like these two competing priorities. So it got to a point where I was working and like, obviously I won't say where I work and stuff, but my day job's like fairly intense. Like it's not it's not like a walk in the park. Like people would have kill to have my desk job and like the company I work for and all that. So I got to the point where some days I was leaving my house at half six and then I wasn't getting back in until two. Mm. And it was like, then I'm up again at anywhere between half five and half six. Yeah. Again yeah. the next day to As start in finishing again. work, heading straight to your gig. Yeah. Mm. Gig or two, depending mm. on the day. And then it's you know, the train back home, the commute, which is like a, a door-to-door is on a good day, hour and 45. Mm. Um, God, that's long. Yeah, so it just became like a lot of it, uh, a, a lot of that. So I was feeling like a little bit run down and shit, but it just became that thing of, ah, I don't need like self-care. I've never needed it. You know, I'm fine. I'm chasing a fucking dream. Yeah. Maintaining this like great fucking um, job as well. I was like, uh, I, I think to most people, I was just, living living the dream really mm. it was like you know doing this like cool artsy thing that really kills on tinder mm. in comedy <laughs> but then also being able to buy the first round on a date like so it's like oh my god you're so cool yeah and inside you're like no fam i'm, I'm stuck in three days <laughs> <laughs> and that was it so I, I i ended up taking so there was a, I, I guess that was one side of it and then the other side was obviously obviously the breakup mm. the do you want the, to talk to about that <laughs> yeah, I guess I probably should. I think that was like this. <laughs> that was like one of the main points of the podcast, wasn't it? I think that's another thing. Asian dudes, Asian people, I think in general, because like when I talk to my friends and stuff, like they they have the same feedback about certain girls that they've been dating or whatever that have been from the South Asian community, and it is that it is that reluctance or inability to open up and show emotions, even in a fucking relationship. And you're like, wow, that's that's intense. You know, I mean, you've you've had a couple of South Asian boyfriends now, like. I've just had the one. Just the one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that our guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know who you are. <laughs> the fucking jazz battle. But it's like I'm sh- I'm sure that's like um, like a thing, isn't it? Just making sure that was recording. You're like, you're like you're fucking old, isn't it? You're getting the glasses and look. Sorry, sorry, don't interrupt. Please continue. No, no, it's fine. Um, yeah, so I think there is just the thing in our community which is like an inability to express emotions. Um, so it's like to, even talking about a breakup to me feels fucking weird. Like, like I said, now I sympathise with our guests, where we're just like, okay, open up about everything. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, unless they're like used to it, it's, it's strange. Mm. But basically, so yeah, end up going through this breakup, which was like fairly bad. Like first she was living over here. Like we met up for a few months. Um, literally in our like first meetup, all we said was, we were like, nah, this would be casual. This would be casual. And then I think we both spoke to each other afterwards and it was like, yeah, no, on the first date, I ended up calling Ma and being like, fuck. And then... She did the same with one of her friends to be like, oh, we fucked up. Mm. And then, um, so she ends up moving back to New York. Mm. After how many months of seeing each other? Three. Okay. Hmm. So it wasn't particularly like long relationship, but I think I, 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 you know me fairly well. Like I, I've never really done the whole relationship thing. Yeah. I don't think you were expecting it at all. No, mm. no. It was, came out completely the fucking blue. Mm. Um, that's when it happens, isn't it? When you're not expecting. <laughs> you're when you're not the, looking, it comes to you. <laughs> whipping um, out the cliches, I yeah. love it. Um, but ripe example, you know what I mean? You weren't is. looking for that. It is. Like, literally, I was just, like, happy, like, doing, like, a little bit of comedy. Just, like, you know, just on literally every single dating app. And it's, like, fucking comedians are, like, <laughs> a red flag to a fucking bull. Yeah. And um, But it just ended up fucking happening, mm. where it was, it just kind of headed that way and it was yeah. a great fucking three months like even now like you know can't fault 
anything. I know. And we kind of agreed to to not carry on the whole long distance thing, but then we kind of ended up in a long distance relationship anyways, mm. where we were still talking every day, FaceTiming, that like, element of like monogamy was still there. Yeah. So she went back to New York and then how long did that last? I think that lasted properly for probably about three or four months. Mm. After that, then we had like a conversation, decided to bring it off, break it off kind of thing. Mm. Went back to like doing what I was doing. And this is the level of like what South Asian dudes like, how, how we... I like how I'm like, I've become like a spokesman. I'm sure not all of them do it, but like, I, th- I think it is a trend. Mm. I even denied like my emotions to myself. <laughs> like I never liked her. No, no, it wasn't even that. It was just like, oh, that was a nice like three months now. <laughs> back on the horse. Uh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, back I'm on the horse. And then um, we end up, I end up booking a trip out to New York. And th- this is what I mean, like, as in I was lying to myself to the point where I was like, Oh, I just want to go out there for comedy, and mm. I want to, I've always wanted to go out to New York. Told her the exact same thing, mm. but really, oh, it'd be fucking awkward if she's listening to this because I haven't even actually admitted this to her yet. Mm. But the reason I probably went out there was to kind of see her again, mm. and then um, yeah, we end up meeting up for dinner, and we just end up getting into this this fucking it's the most intense conversations of my life mm. where it was kind of like are you moving here are you moving here mm. and it just wasn't feasible for either of us to like move mm. to kind of like be with each other and then <laughs> yeah we end up having this fucking conversation over in like one of the best one of the best um dessert places in fucking new york and it's just like, it was the saddest dessert of my life. I've never been that sad eating a dessert. <laughs> like, it was just like crying into my cannoli. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's just like, from there, that was the last time I saw her. We ended up having this fucking teary conversation like on over a phone where it was just kind of like this, mm. like, what are we doing? Like, before was, you went back home or once you yeah, returned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, I was, I was still out. I went to New York for like 12 days. Mm. I had like comedy gigs booked as well. It was like oh man it was so weird that whole like trip was just so weird to me mm. it's like you check my instagram i'm like and this is like the myth of social media it looks like i had the best fucking yeah. time of all time it was the worst like 12 days of my life mm. <laughs> and, and you definitely returned a bit broken yeah 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 not even exaggeration yeah oh yeah yeah i yeah i, I was fucked when i like <laughs> it was i think what really like hit home was like the fact that okay this is gonna be the last time I see her. Mm. This is the last time. And so far it was, so far that was the last time I saw her and the last time I spoke to her was that phone call Mm. where we were like, this isn't good for either of us. And she said something that really fucking hit home and that like, I wasn't aware of, like I I kind of knew, but I wasn't like aware of it. She was like, I can't spend like another five and a half months crying, Mm. crying myself to sleep, being knowing that you're like that far away. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like that, that, when somebody tells you that, that's intense. Mm. And like, I'd never been in that situation before, so I was like, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> I understand what she means now. <laughs> I get it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I end up coming back, and I even remember that, that plane ride home. That plane ride home was fucked up, because it was like, I kind of knew that that was like the end of like everything. Yeah. And being that this was like my first, even though the time frame was small, I think this was my first like proper relationship. It was like your first love. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm so cheesy. Yeah. But yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So that, I, I, I'm usually pretty proud of that, being 26 and like, that's your first love, <laughs> innit? That's fucking emotional damage there. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean... um. But you said yourself, you're quite, I don't want to say picky, but... It takes a lot for you to... I think that's what it is, yeah. I think it, ta- it takes a lot. And I think at the time, because I was like so... I, I was like pretty new to comedy as well then. So I was like really like, oh no, like nobody will fit around this, like doing 18 hour days and stuff. I think what really fucking hit home was A, the sort of innate understanding that we had of each other's like lives. 
which was like because you know she wasn't like a slouch herself she had like dreams and goals and she, yeah. like, she was working and she kind of had some experience within the entertainment industry as well right? entertainment creativity that yeah. kind of thing yeah so she kind of understood that you know there were going to be times where it's like you get an offer from somewhere like somebody says oh I've got this open spot and it's like you know that becomes the date yeah you know, rather than fucking Nando's but um so I think, yeah, so that was like, it was alien to me. So I, I had no coping mechanisms at all. I'd never been through anything like that. Didn't really know how to, how to cope. So when I came back, I dove straight back into it. Mm. I, I dove straight back into work. I dove straight back into um, comedy. Mm-hmm. As like hard and fast as possible. Mm. But then after a few weeks of coming back from New York, it, like people started to pick up, even at work, like, are you okay? Like you know you're making a lot of mistakes or you know you're not doing it got to a point where I wasn't doing work you weren't you anyway yeah yeah that, yeah that's it I was like lost you well you, yeah Everything. yeah you well you, you saw it happen you were what just was like that? I remember we went for a drink and you were just like stirring your whatever you were drinking some sort of just like uh. <laughs> and we were like oh <laughs> something needs to be done and but it's such a horrible thing because ultimately sometimes it is just time but yeah yeah. go on continue I think it was a mix of like several factors Mm. but it lingered quite a bit even though you thought on the plane journey home you were upset because you felt like oh this is like the line drawn Mm. it wasn't necessarily the line drawn was it yeah I became I I came back with like slash came back slash have like this thing where I'm like quite militant in making sure that you know I don't I don't become that ex you know, that's like, you know, that's like, it's been like three years, bro. Like, come on, like, leave me alone. <laughs> Holding on. Yeah, like, hey, how's it going? Like, oh, really? Like, <laughs> you know, like, what the fuck? So I didn't want to be that. And like, I also recognized that it wasn't an easy thing for her because we were, I think it was a mutual thing. Like, when, when we had that conversation in New York, even though we were both like pretending like, oh, we're friends now, but like, we were still very much in love. And I say that with like confidence. Mm. I'm pretty sure it was like mutual. Mm. Um, and then, so I recognized it was hard for like both parties and it wasn't, it was a really fucking strange thing. Cause it was that geography and like just reality, I guess, mm. where if one of you wasn't going to move, it's like, how's the relationship going to like continue? Yeah. Yeah. The only thing setting you apart is location. Location and just, I guess, time as well. And for factors that I won't delve into, like, it isn't fee. It wasn't feasible for either of us to kind of move. Hmm. Um, but then, so th- that kind of made it even harder because, like, I have literally zero bad feelings towards this person. Hmm. Like, you know, sometimes you break up with somebody and you're just like, oh, like fuck, Dan, that was yeah. so bad. Well, that's like, oh. easier to get over. Yeah, because you have that element of hate. Whereas, like, at this time, it was like, it was like almost like unconditional where it was like, oh, I hope she's doing well. Mm. I hope she's okay. And then th- that just made it even more difficult because it was like, you couldn't message that person to be like, hey, you good? Because you know that in the long run, that's actually a negative thing. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, what was it? A few weeks ago, I think mm. now, I saw like something on social media. Fuck social media, man. <laughs> it just makes everything so much worse. I saw something on social media that, you know, she's with somebody else now. And it's, and it's kind of like... I think that was, that was probably like the final, final, like, okay. Like... That's it. You need to get rid of this person out of your life. Yeah. And it feels like everybody I've spoken to who's like, have, has experience of this, it does feel like it's, um, it's almost like death, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's a big loss. Yeah, because that person is like completely removed from your life. Yeah, but it's not like they've just gone and you're left with the memories. They're still there. Mm. Um, seeing that photo, I know, was such a kick, kick to the chest. <laughs> Do you want to talk about how you reacted when you saw the photo of her with the water? Oh, I'm laughing, fuck. but it is. I mean, we can look back and laugh now. Yes. Um... <laughs> I don't think I've ever said this publicly before. I didn't even, I didn't even write a joke but about it. But people feel this, so please talk about it. I, I, I threw up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I, uh. I physically <laughs> threw up. Which, um, uh. I don't know. I don't even know why I'm fucking embarrassed by it. No. Like, I can kick the shit out of like most people. And this was another thing. This was another thing that I found like real humor in. 
like I'm six foot two, I'm like 18 stones, and somebody who's five foot three with a big forehead, <laughs> like it just had this completely devastating impact on my How life. How did you know she was five foot three? Huh? Oh, I don't know. She's about five foot three, and <laughs> she definitely wasn't tall. Oh, I thought you meant the guy she was with. Oh no! What, I've got no ill feelings towards him. What's he done I wrong? I don't know. I thought that's what you know about. I feel like that's a, that's how I'm supposed to react, isn't it? Like, if, if I was to let toxic masculinity govern my life, I'm supposed to be like, "Fuck that guy." <laughs> He's not as good as me. Yeah, but I, just, I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah, it took a real left turn, didn't it? Um, but I've got, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've tried to be, like, really fucking mature. Like, you know, no 3 a.m. phone calls and all that shit. Mm. I've very much taken a um, less of a Drake approach. More of, like, a... I don't know. I can't think of a fucking alternative. My, <laughs> I was going to say, you know, Drake's the approach where you're, like, calling her and shit six years <laughs> later, crying on your bathroom floor, like, hey, Marvin's room's playing in the background. I've tried to take like a more like philosophical approach to this whole thing, but um, I was uh, I was going somewhere with this. I threw up, and then there was something else. Um. Oh, oh, okay. So in my head, this is where I was going. I think one of the reasons that I think South Asian people, just in general, we struggle to like articulate emotions, is because we don't invest time into having like a support structure and stuff. So when that, when I went through that breakup and I came back, I legitimately felt like I had nobody to talk to it about. Like my family don't really get involved in my love life unless it's like serious, serious. So I didn't see any point in involving them into that because, you know, it wasn't going to come into anything. It wasn't. It wasn't going to develop into anything serious because it was done now, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so I didn't even talk to my sister and me and my sister talk, to, talk about this stuff quite a bit mm. but just like I didn't mention it to anybody nobody I think even like my main group of friends I think we struggled to like articulate ourselves because for like a good couple of years I don't think we had like an emotional conversation yeah there was nothing like we'd hang out and stuff and they were great great bunch of lads we'd kick it we'd go, have, have a lot of fun but then it was like okay see ya you know, bye. But, no, no, that's what it was like. You'd, you'd meet up, you'd meet up, usually you'd meet up for the football, some drinks, some food, but then you'd end up going out in the evening and then the next day half of the people are gone in the morning. Yeah. Like early before you've even woken up and then the other half you just sit around hungover and then you leave and that's, that, that's like your self-care time, isn't it? Mm. But, um, so yeah, so I came back, felt like I had nobody to talk to. I think me, you and Jasper spoke about it a few times. Mm. Um, but the, by then, like, it got to the point where I had to take time off work. Mm. Like it just festered like that much, being overworked, going through this shitty thing. I always think it's like three or four pillars in, in like your life that are responsible for like your well-being, I guess. It's like you've got your physical health, mm. which touch wood was fine. Um, but then the other factors, which was work slash comedy, mm. your love life, mm. and then your social life. Mm. So I felt like three of those pillars were gone. Mm. And it was like, you know, one pillar is not enough to like maintain everything. And then it was just like, I wouldn't even say it was a breakdown, really. Maybe if I'm trying to like jazz it up, I could start calling it a breakdown. Make it, <laughs> make it sexy. Have a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Mm. But I think that's, that's, it wasn't necessarily a breakdown, but it was a huge... Um, change in probably if we want to get like biological not that I really know what I'm talking about <laughs> but like your chemicals in your brain and your hormones and stuff that you were just like totally thrown off it hit you like yeah a bus <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like you say you didn't know how to cope and the only way to cope was to kind of at least cut out you know sitting at work feeling sad is is like the worst yeah so it's like and it wasn't a significant um, distraction you know at all yeah, yeah, because obviously, like, I stopped like working at work. Like, I was actually unable to work. Mm. Like, I know that sounds a bit dramatic, but that's kind of what it was—just the build-up of all of this shit. I was sat at work, and I was like, I don't want to be here. Um, you know, I don't want to be here. I want to be—I want to be a comedian. I want to create stuff. And then it was like your love life's a mess. Mm. 
you perceive your social life to be a mess there's no support network there mm. that is kind of like well, you know this is just shit I'm nothing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, that, that, that's kind of other than like this like facade of like being like fucking sick <laughs> you know just like just, no no that, that, yeah. that is generally what it is just like <laughs> like I, I don't know I understand it. what I'm saying is I understand how Kanye feels <laughs> on a smaller scale I understand how he felt but um, that led me but I, th- I think the good the good things to come out of this was like that kind of led me to seek like help and just like coping and shit so I went through the the works like mental health scheme and then they referred me on to like a specialist then I ended up at my GP no I went GP then through through to a specialist mm. and I'm not sure I'm not even sure if this is the right advice mate I'm, I'm just not how, like, uh, quick interjection how was it for you to actually make that appointment and go to the GP oh, it did it feel totally unnatural yeah it was the hardest because you never ever go to the doctors right yeah yeah it was the hardest fucking thing that was the first time I've been to the doctors in like eight maybe nine years <laughs> since I'd had like my appendix done mm. and then um so it, it, it was it was a huge thing. Even just making that phone call to the mental health line or whatever at the work at, mm. at work, I was like, "Geez, like you know, like in a weird way, like you were ju- I was in judging myself. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, man, what are you like, little pussy? What are you can't like deal with it? <laughs> Fuck, like just get on there, just start fucking." Isn't it? I feel like that's how that's how dudes are supposed to deal with a breakup, isn't it? In like. That's like the scene as like the masculine way. Hmm. I tried that for a bit. Like, we're just going to go out and fucking birds, mate. No, I know. And I think I remember telling you, and even though it makes no sort of impact in your brain, it goes one ear out the other, being like, you're so great. You know, you should be really grateful for it. You've got a you know, great family and great job. Mm. Like, obviously focusing on all the positives. But the last thing you do is focus on any sort of positives. You're like, I'm pathetic. This is shit. And I hate my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like... Like I said, the, co- the the comedy aspect was like really, and I was doing like objectively speaking, like I'm doing alright, like you know, I'm a newbie, I'm doing well, and like whatever, I'm doing as well as anybody in my position could be expected to do, kind of thing, hmm. really. But it was like you work yourself up into this bit, and it's like you you go do a gig somewhere where you've travelled three and a half hours. It was to three people and you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> Good things get any worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that was generally a thing. Like I was on this train for like. I was going from East London to back home, which is out further than out west, nearly to Oxford. And I was like there, and I was just like, "Geez, like this is fucking awful." And in that gap, that's when we'd normally FaceTime. So it was like, "Oh, you're just sat there watching like really shit YouTube." So obviously you're going to be like, you know, feel 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 shit with that. But um, so that prompted me to go 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 see these fucking specialists and shit. And like they immediately want uh, this is something again I'm not sure if this is the right advice right and I really counsel people to follow whatever your fucking health professional says but almost immediately they were like okay you've been diagnosed with like depression and anxiety I think it was severe depression and mild anxiety mm. was the diagnosis but how in depth did they go before they made that diagnosis well this is the thing so it's like to me in my eyes I had a bunch of life factors that were going wrong. I've got no history of mental illness. Mm. I wasn't like feeling suicidal or anything. Mm. It was literally just feeling sad about a variety of factors. Mm. And then um, the fir- like one of the first things they did was just off- offer me antidepressants. And then I kind of, I- I- and I said no at that time. And then that was kind of like a wake, wake up call where it was like, okay, shit, they, they want me to put on antidepressants. Let's do therapy. Mm. And I recommend therapy, I think, and a lot of people have said this to me since, since I like told them that I go, well, I went, was that everybody should do it at some point. Like, and it's not just like, the, it, it, everybody has this image of it being like this Freudian thing where they sit you on a fucking, fucking couch. So tell me about your family life. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even really like that, to be honest. Yeah. It's, they will literally teach you practical things about how to cope with shit. And one of my things was, okay, you need time off. Mm. So they gave me, I think, in total, I was off for six weeks. So it's like... But then even, like, going back into work, I like, know. oh, man. I mean, yeah, great that your employer supported you through that time, but when you have to return, it's a whole other thing. Yeah, so when I... Oh, man, when I returned... So when I returned, I felt... 
I felt borderline shame. Why? Like going in because you you've been off for like six weeks. Did your colleagues know? I, I, they must have known. Like I mean, they're not idiots, innit? Like so, they, so they must have known. Like there was nothing physically wrong the dots. with me. Yeah, there was yeah. nothing physically wrong with me. Um, I was like a moody bitch before I left. <laughs> like you know, so they kind of they must have known at some point. But um, I think it'd be awkward if they're watching this. If you guys are watching this, let me know on Monday. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, it, it was like borderline shame. But then when I started talking to people at, at work, like to my manager and stuff, I didn't realise like how many, how common it was. Mm-hmm. How common it was for people to just be like, I spoke to literally, I probably spoke to probably about 10 or 15 people mm. when I went back. And almost all of them, if not had experienced something similar, but like had said, actually, I wish I'd done that at X time when mm. I lost someone or whatever. So it was like, yeah, it was a big step, man. Mm. It's a big step. But good for you for talking about it. Yeah, I'm, well, I still struggle. Like my my family still don't know shit. Mm. I don't know how they're going to react when they see this. What What would they? What, what <sighs> I mean, why don't they wonder why you're at home? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm 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 a sneaky little devil, Mona. Do you get um, get ready for work and then go back in the house? <laughs> no. So what I did was. I told him that I'd got this sick note, mm. but I told him that it was all like a massive ruse and I just wanted time off and like this preserves my holidays. They generally, I went deep with this Do they know what the sick note's light. for though? Huh? Do they know what the sick note? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom flipped out. She was like, wow, you're messing around with that. She was like, that's not something to joke about. Like, what the hell? That's going to go on your record. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> my company's so stupid, aren't they? And then I like go up to my room and cry. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <laughs> but um I don't know. It was it was definitely a fucking weird time. I don't understand. I don't understand serial monogamists. Mm. Like you know people that just jump from one relationship to another. Mm. I don't understand how they do it. No, I don't. I mean, everyone's different and everyone likes different things. Some people need that and thrive off that and uh, and I personally need time by myself. Yeah. And I think you do so much healing in that time. Mm. Mm. So back to the question: If you did tell your parents what was really going on, yeah. how would they react? Um, I think they'd freak out firstly, because like that education in the South Asian community around mental health mm. is that I think their first thing would be, "Are you going to kill yourself?" Yeah, I've been <laughs> like, diagnosed with what's it? Major severe depression and <laughs> mild anxiety. Would the prayers just? start then and there yeah yeah which i th- i think that element's kind of nice but it's like there would be that whole like overcompensating worry of are you okay are you gonna kill yourself have you cut yourself like that kind of thing would they take all the bits start hiding the sharps <laughs> no um i don't know it's because because throughout this whole thing i have been kind of like I, I i can acknowledge that i haven't been myself in my own head but i think I've been fine, like, outside. Like, it's like, maybe I've said, like, the odd weird thing here, like, people having a good time, and I'm like, well, everybody here is just going to die at some point, aren't they? <laughs> oh, you're in a relationship in your 20s, probably not going to reach your 30s, sorry. <laughs> like, you know, so I was, like, a bit of a moody prick, but I don't know. It, it took a lot for me to even just admit how much, like, A, how much, like, A, that I needed help, mm. and then B, also how much how deep my feelings for that particular person ran. Mm. And I was like, what, what the fuck am I doing? Because it was easy at the time to express it between us. Mm. But then because I guess I didn't have a lot of relationships with people that were like that. Like we, I had mates and you know, I had friends where we'd go deep. A, a lot of the times it was like we'd run deep about that other person's issues. Mm. And like I've always been somebody who's like, I'm good supporting other people through shit, you know, helping them work through it and all that. Mainly because I've never really needed to... Oh, excuse <laughs> me, those samosas are really coming up. <laughs> Fucking Great. hell, samosas and eight cups of tea, Jesus. <laughs> wasn't me crying, guys, I promise. Um, <laughs> which, try and edit that out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, th- I think that was difficult. I'm umming and eyeing a lot because... A lot of this shit is pretty new to me as well, guys. So, you know. 
This isn't like a rehearsed thing. Yeah. No, you do love, man. It's just fucking awful, isn't it? Mm. And how do you feel now? So you returned from New York, what, three <laughs> months ago, two months ago? Three. Okay. Coming up to three. How is the, like, pain now? <laughs> Sorry to use the word pain. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's getting better, isn't it? Like, time fucking heals and all that. And how are you coping with everything? <laughs> I think you've... <laughs> I think you've come to the realization that you need to change things. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like changes that I need to make, just like in my own life, like my job. And it's weird, is it? it uh, f- fuck it, I've already told them. Like, even if they watch it, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. They're like they generally, and this is one thing I would would say, like, considering like for like like I work for like a quote unquote corporation. They have actually been fucking fantastic through the whole thing, mm. just on like a human level. Mm. Um, but it's like it's shitty things. Like in, even in my job, I think it's like the more active I stay and the more like I work towards stuff, the better it is. So it's like the more like like for example, like you 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 said this when we were chatting about this podcast, anyways. You like the podcast has helped you like has been like a major part of like your recovery process mm. i think so i think it's just, just like creating in general mm. helps writing jokes i remember like when i came back from new york about three or four days later i had a, like this shitty open mic and i had this like material i wanted to try out but then i was like actually let me let me actually go on i'm just going to talk about this mm. i'm just going to talk about the whole fucking breakup from start to finish i had like 10 or 15 minutes or something um, over in Reading and then that's what I did and for some reason it was fucking hilarious and I've never been able to recapture it and I didn't even take a video that day so I can't actually remember what I was talking about mm. but it was going down really fucking well so that, like, all, that like, comedy was part of like, my coping mechanism as well I think mm. um, but the podcast kind of helps and like the, one of the things that I realised I probably need to change is like work because obviously I was still at the same place when she was around and um, so it's like random fucking little bits remind you of that person then you're like down in the dumps about it because even though it's like quite a it's like that cliche that those that are closest to you like hurt you the most kind Mm -hmm. of thing and it's like probably some of life's like biggest highs were shared Mm. and then probably that that phone call I still remember that fucking phone call in New York Mm. That was genuinely one of the worst periods of my life. I know. That, like, hour or two, whatever it was. That was just atrocious. And then you share that with that person as well. And mm. it's almost like you're bonded forever, innit? Mm. It's fucked up. Mm. Just don't ever fall into relationships. Just stay on those dating apps. <laughs> be that be creepy 33-year-old dude that's in DMing chicks dick pics. <laughs> just, that's my advice. Just keep, make sure that stays your love life. That and Pornhub. <laughs> Because porn stars don't hurt you. Oh. <laughs> oh, you will find love again, I'm sure of it. I feel like that's the title of the podcast there, Porn Stars Don't Hurt You. Uh, you don't want to develop some sort of problem. He, uh, yeah, you definitely don't want to develop the hand of death. <laughs> and if you don't know what the hand of death is, Google it and avoid it. But yeah, I think that, you know, I remember saying to you like... The, as cliche as it is there are plenty more fish in the sea and you know now you know what you like and what you want and what makes you tick you'll be able to find that but it's again really really difficult because it feels like the most impossible task and because it happened when you weren't looking for it it's 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 like yeah the weirdest conundrum yeah i keep harking back to like there was just so many there's so many factors in like this particular situation that I think would just make it even harder to, like, get over properly. Mm. The, the main one being, like, how, how, like, we bonded almost instantly. Yeah. Whereas it was, like, you know, like, you know, like, you just hit it off with somebody. I know. I was, like, I was used to doing the whole, like, Tinder thing, where it's, like, you, you almost have, on Tinder, you almost have, like, a, um, what's that script that, like, cold callers use? Like, you know, like, you have your, like, little script and yeah, you yeah, go yeah. off that on the Standard first Standard conversation date. starters. Yeah. Whereas, like, even in the first couple of dates, it was just, like, everything was like, quite a unique experience. Mm. Um, um, 
yeah so it was like there was that but then there was also the way that it kind of ended it was just like they're there then they're not there mm. then they're kind of there through like technology and shit mm. And, and then they're there with their new boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Mona. <laughs> trying to make a deep philosophical point. Sure, you were just like, sorry. remember that picture? Hey. <laughs> Jeez. Um, yeah, no, it is true. Like, and then, then it's just like, you have no ill will towards this person. And it's like, you even understand them like trying to move on because you're trying to do the same thing. Just so happened that they were working on a different timeline than you were. Yeah. And it was like, one of the things that she said, which I thought was like quite poetic, she was like, I started this process back in like May, whereas I hadn't started until like September. As in the getting over process. The getting over process yeah. where, yeah, you'd like rationalise in your head and shit. Whereas I'd probably still carried that through till post New York. Mm. And it was like, even that, like I didn't realise there was a getting over process. Like, what the fuck? When you went to New York and you were expecting, you were, you know one of the reasons like you said was to mm. see it what were you expecting out of that that you'd get back together and, and she'd be like I'm moving to London I am no because I was like lying to myself mm. like it, like I look back on it now in hindsight I'm very much like oh okay so that was the reason there that was the reason that you did like 12 days it was like you'd, you'd get like a good solid couple of weeks to just like hang out kick it together kind of thing but when I got when, when I was going out there, I had planned on... I was Like I said, I fully was in denial. Like, I was like, nah, we're over it, we're friends, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, it'd be really nice to catch up and see this person. And then I remember I sat down in the fucking restaurant. And there was this, like, air of awkward, excitement, like, nervousness, almost. Because she called me to be like, oh, I'm running, like, ten minutes late. And, like, you could hear... There was this, like tension almost mm. and it was like so I kind of I think that was the first time I twigged because I was like oh okay like I didn't think it was gonna be awkward or anything but I was like okay there's something there deep whereas if it's your friend you send them like a whatsapp to be like oh 10 minutes late be there in a sec whatever there was this like phone call and there was this like nervous tension and then when she came into the restaurant that I was like sat at it was like I saw her and I was like oh fuck it was like this fucking waiter was like talking to me about beer, like being English. Okay, I, I just ended up, I was like, excuse me, mate, do you mind giving me a minute? <laughs> it was just like, and he was like, yeah, and then he walked off. And then we kind of said hi, and it was like that whole thing of literally almost instantly realizing, like, oh shit, like I'm, I'm still in love with you, hmm. kind of thing. And I, again, I don't mean to like project like feelings and shit, but I feel, I feel like I'm like a realist. I'm I'm pretty sure it was like mutual. Yeah. I think we even spoke about it afterwards. Yeah. And it was like a kind of a mutual thing. But pff, over now. It <laughs> 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 is indeed, I'm afraid. <laughs> but you know, I'm glad you're doing well. And uh, like you said, the, this um, whole thing of us doing this podcast, we talked about it for months. Yeah, for a while. For ages. And it was only really a conversation when you were sad and in that, that yeah. down phase when you'd returned from New York, um, you'd sent a letter. Oh, Sorry to remind you of that. Fucking letter. Yeah. You sent her a letter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that. F oh, man. Okay. Fucking. We're getting all the fucking cringy demons out now, aren't we? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, I did send her a letter. It was like, so I got into therapy and I think one of the things that they said was that they were like, oh, you sh like, it, it, it feels like you've got a lot of stuff that's been like kind of left unsaid. And they were like, I think that's like one of the main blockers from you like actually trying to move on. Mm. So I wrote out this letter that just like, and I think I do struggle to, I think I struggle to articulate myself in conversations sometimes. Yeah. So it's like, you have that face-to-face -face and then you'll tell somebody you love them and all that, but it's like, I don't know, you need something like more. Yeah. And I think one of the... Oh, man. So I think one of the... Are you crying? Uh, what? Uh, no, I was just, I was like, thinking. Okay. <laughs> you were like really concerned. You were like, whoa, what did I do? <laughs> no, so I, I think one of the other factors in this whole thing that I probably haven't actually mentioned 
was that I never like asked her to like move back. Mm. So I know she was like debating it when she was when she first left. She was considering it and like really considering it for her own like for her own benefits, I guess, like you know, career. She really loved being out here and all that. Yeah. But I never weighed in on that because in my own head, it was like oh, that, a decision that's that big needs to be her own yeah, rather than mine. And I don't think I conveyed that properly yeah. to, to her to be like, look, that was my reasoning. It wasn't that I didn't want you out here. So I had that like, little bugbear in my head, innit? So I yeah, sent her this letter and then just told her, like, you know, if there was anything she wanted to discuss further, she'd... She could get back in touch. Did she? Nope. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I don't know. How long yeah. was the letter? Just out of curiosity. Just, just fucking really just making this That's really difficult, Mona. <laughs> this is the last podcast you'll ever be on. No. <laughs> um, it was a couple of pages. It weren't mm. like, it, it weren't war and peace. Yeah. But, yeah. but that's good. That's good advice, I think, from your... Yes. ...professional to get that out. Because even though she didn't reply... I remember you saying it was really cathartic to just write it out. Um, not talk on the phone, mm. have your time to write it, you know. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely. And I think, like, if anything, it's like anything that... Fucking hell, how many anythings were in there? <laughs> um, it's like anything, I guess, where you come out of it with, like, little learning points mm. about how to, like, move forward and shit. And I generally am glad for this whole, like, situation to have occurred so I could take some time away and actually like pay attention to like coping strategies I guess mm -hmm. coping strategies just being a little bit more resilient and like self-care mm. I guess which is like a big buzzword because like I said when I go back to work I'm still doing 18 hour days sometimes mm. you know Saturdays uh, we do this <laughs> Saturdays we do this really I get Sundays mm. And Sundays, you know, like tomorrow I'm over in Aylesbury or wherever the fuck. So it's like, what days do you actually really get? So it's mm. like, even just to emphasise like certain techniques that you can do, like, you know, like taking five minutes out. Like in the morning, every, uh, every morning now, I take five minutes out, I sit on the end of my bed and have a cup of tea. Mm. Just like sort of think about the day and shit, you know. That's so it's good. like, so even stuff like that. And getting back into the gym, I think was, oh, it was fucking massive. Like just being able to work out, get the endorphins going, mm. even just feel a little bit better off, you know, in your own in your own skin. I think that helps. Mm -hmm. Cooking, mm -hmm. just whip up a little storm in the kitchen, mm -hmm. you feel better. Mm. But that's me. Good. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, you know, it's like a continuous journey, isn't it? Slowly, slowly, you you will feel better. Yeah. I don't think it ever really comes to like a line where you're like, I'm great, like I'm 100. percent Mm. it'll never be um, I think like two people really fucking helped in like mental health and one was like fucking Dave mm, you know Dave the psycho driver so, yeah. So yeah that album I wanted to talk to you about this actually it covers so many topics that Go we've on. talked about well not just the mental health thing and the male expectation um, but also like domestic abuse oh the, the, the actual album you wanted to talk about the album oh shit well I yeah just, let's do uh, it yeah yeah so I I love that fucking album yeah that album was insane i think it's one of my favorite albums and i think it really like marries up the two ideas of like toxic masculinity coming through from a place of like being insecure in your own self mm -hmm. and it, then it manifesting in it in like all of these like weird behaviors like that like domestic abuse and like mm. violence and shit mm. and so i felt that as well like, i've really calmed down as a person from being like in, in my late teens to early 20s like being quite I wouldn't say I was a hothead because I don't want to make it sound like I'm like yeah I'm just like real like really I, I really did think I was like fucking Billy Big Bollocks <laughs> I, I, I did but then like, I'd managed to like you know work myself off of that and be like well hold on like easy keys so, like what are you doing you know you're a real fucking bell end but then I felt that creeping in as well like I had like an incident of road rage that we won't go into <laughs> yeah 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 where it was like you know, I was like, I was like, this isn't good behaviours. Mm. Like was this when self. you were at your low point? Hmm. Yeah, this was probably like a few days after like New York. And I was like, jeez. So it's like albums like that and like, um, who's, the, who's the other person? Oh, Danny Rose, the footballer on Tyson Fury. 
Tyson Fury, the um, boxer. boxer. Hmm. And it's like that really like, and I think anybody, especially dudes, any, any dudes that are like struggling to cope or whatever, the earlier you kind of catch it, the less serious it is. Yeah. So I never yeah. got to a point where I was like suicidal or um, like really fucking, you don't like, I don't care what happens to me. I never got to that point. Yeah. Because I think I recognize it fairly early on. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing is being mm. able to recognize, not denying how you feel. And being like, right, something needs to change or I need to get help. And that's why I love Dave's album because he has little snippets of the therapist talking. Yeah. And, you know, a young black man from Streatham putting that in his album, I think is just the most, like... Yeah. I think I thought it was groundbreaking yeah. to encourage people to get help. Definitely. And I, I, I really... I, 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 my, one of my dream guests would be Tyson Fury. Let's get him on. His, Tyson. <laughs> we're making a play for you, big man. Um, I would love to get him on because like, he comes from like a similar community, mm. like the gypsy, the traveler community, mm. where it's like, it's not accepted, like mental health's not really a thing. There's no understanding of it. And like, I remember him talking about it in one of these interviews and I was like, fuck, the South Asian community is the exact same. Mm. The way you deal with it is, you know, you go, you go out with the lads, you have a couple of drinks, you know, you borderline harass a couple of chicks, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then that's it. You, you go move home. on. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. There's no emotions until, you know, 15 years down the line, you're married to somebody from the bend. <laughs> like, you know, you're, so you're still thinking about that fucking ex and then you eventually end up cheating on your wife. Yeah. Get divorced. Trying to get that same feeling. Yeah. 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 So it's like, I don't know. I think it's best to just like, it's like, it is like going to the gym. Yeah. Like working on your mind and like your mental health is like going to the gym. Yeah. The more you do it, easier a the easier it becomes, and b the more effective it is. Mm. So, was that? Uh, we'll have to listen back to this and figure out whether it's any in, whether it's interesting or if it's just me <laughs> rambling. Yeah. I'm like conscious. Just... I'm like tired. <laughs> I'm like out of breath from talking. Well, good. Mad. How awkward Mad would it be if she was to watch this? Imagine that. She, she hey. talk, <laughs> she'll be, the thing is, she'll be talking, as women do, talking about it to all her multiple girlfriends. Mm. There will be more than one. Whereas, you know... You, you I talk, talk it to a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did, at least you're talking about it. Yeah, and if you, if, you have, if you struggle to talk about it with any friends or anything, just feel free to just start up a podcast. <laughs> or just give us a call and you can talk about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, if you're salvation, you can hop on here. Well, um, I feel like that's a good note to end on, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm tired. Oh, but you're doing better. Yes. Cool. I think. Getting back to good old Tinder Preet. <laughs> <laughs> good. That'll do. Cool. <laughs>